Nos fins de semana de verão, milhares de galhocas saem de suas casas nos mais distantes subúrbios em busca de um lazer. Wish Dragon is computer animated. It's kind of like a fantasy comedy, re like, I guess, Chinese aesthetic remake of Aladdin, essentially. Uh, it was written and directed by Chris Applehans, and Columbia is putting this one out. And yeah, I, I don't know too much about Chris Applehans' career. I know that he's like kind of like an illustrator, he's done a lot of production design. And uh, he's he's done some kids books like uh, I think uh, Sparky and a Greyhound, um, a Groundhog, and a few. He, yeah, he, he's an interesting guy. Uh, not not exactly someone who is tends to be on our radar uh, in the film world, but yeah. So this movie, uh, like I mentioned before, it is really like the Aladdin setup, where it's kind of like there's a genie, but it's a wish dragon, and instead of a lamp, it's a teapot. And we have our main character, Din, voiced by Jimmy Wong. And he lives in, I, I, I don't think they ever say like where they live exactly. I, I assume it's maybe like Beijing, Hong Kong. It's somewhere in China. And it's like a big city. And Din, you know, he's working class. He doesn't have a lot of money. He grew up very poor, but he has aspirations because his childhood best friend, who he misses dearly, Lena, voiced by Natasha Leo Bardizzo, she has become sort of like a Mary Jane Watson of this world, you know, like Jasmine, you know, she's, she's very rich and she's like a model. She's on this big billboard that he sees every day, like in Spider-Man too. And he, he wants to reconnect with her. And this movie is kind of weird in the sense that like, okay, use social media. Um, but that, I guess that just can't happen for reasons that the movie doesn't get into. Cause this does play, take place, I should say in the modern day. And eventually though, Din comes across this wish dragon voiced by John Cho uh, the wish dragon's name is Long, and he gets three wishes. Like, as you know, that as that tends to happen. I mean, it's it, it's again, it really is following the Aladdin thing, where he's trying to decide, like, what are my wishes going to be? How could I use my wishes to reconnect with this person? And I did mention, um, you know, before that I think that the the sort of like romance between these two characters is more engaging than Anthony Ramos. Uh, and uh, Melissa Barrera and In the Heights, and Will, I think you you scoffed a little bit at that that yeah. notion, and so this is this is your that. chance. Um, I think it, I think this movie is cute. I think that their little romance is charming, and I thought this was very fun and whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cute. I don't I don't think anyone can really dispute that. Uh, I think it goes out of its way to be as cute as possible, uh, including. Uh, Actually, I don't know if I will, I'll mention that what I was going to say because it's kind of a spoiler. But um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the dragon is pink. That is a big spoiler. Well, yes, no, that that is true. The dragon is pink. Um, but I love love pink dragons. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, uh, even more so than the romance in in the heights, I just felt like the formula here was always so apparent that I couldn't. I don't know if I ever fully allowed myself to be engaged with the romance because I felt like the movie was so structured for me to follow that romance in a certain way that I never really felt it was as organic. It just kind of felt like they had to do this for this reason. And that's not to say they don't take steps to 
you know, have a little bit more humanity established. There's like a nice little like montage sequence earlier on in the film where they establish their relationship. So, so it's not like incompetent by any stretch of the imagination. I just didn't really find it to be as engaging as you did, I guess. I don't know. I, they, so we were, I was kind of telling you, I saw like half of this movie and then I had to stop and then I was complaining about it to you at one point. And my complaint was that there's this whole thread of the movie about like, you know, it's not about the money, 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 you know, it's don't worry about the price tag. It's that song, you know, the, the whole song is, a, or the whole movie is about like, yes, this dragon really just wants him to get his three wishes over with. Right. And he's just like, just, just wish for money. Money will solve your problems. And like, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it would like, it would solve all of his issues. He'd be able to do all the things that he's trying to do. He'd be able to lift his, his family out of poverty. I think this movie has a very strange, like anti money narrative that I do think that was kind of interesting. I mean, it is kind of against formula in a way because there's this whole thing where he really believes that he can, you know, win the affections of Lena. Like she won't care if he's rich or poor or she's, she won't care if he's rich or poor. Like he keeps saying that, but then at the same time, he's also temporarily trying to make himself seem rich like he literally does the i wish i was a prince thing and if that's the case like it just doesn't make sense and i think like even the movie even says to his face like the dragon is constantly like you're dumb you're an idiot like you're like this is the most inefficient way to get what you want in this scenario and i think it's because the movie has this like weird like he has to be pure of heart he has to learn a lesson about like i do think the movie actually does make a choice here to sort of upend his expectation and actually it kind of it, it kind of proves uh or kind of like defies his point of like she won't care if he's rich or poor at, at one point which i actually thought was kind of an interesting little wrinkle you know i don't want to get guess. too much into detail but yeah that, that was actually like a pleasant surprise i think this movie does go in a couple of interesting directions there um i didn't really find that interesting because i found that to be expected as well <laughs> but um yeah i mean i do think i agree with you on that I think the second half is a little bit more interesting than the first. This is the inverse of In the Heights in that respect, in that I think at the beginning of the film, I was kind of like, whatever about it. Like, you know, like we were saying, it's like Aladdin Redux, uh, almost to a fault, or I guess not even to almost to a fault, to a fault, because uh, it just doesn't really seem like its own narrative. It just kind of feels like we're just doing the Aladdin thing over again. But as the movie... I guess allows itself to be a little bit more individualistic and have a little bit more uh, creative leeway. I think it is better, but I still don't really think it ever stands out enough for me to like fully get with it. But that's not to say that there isn't stuff in here that I liked or appreciated. Yeah, I was caught up in it to be totally honest. I think the things that I like that they did do a little bit differently here. I think that Long is extremely different from the genie, you know, from Aladdin. Like they're totally different characters. They they did a good job of like making him feel like just his own thing. I mean, they, they do this whole thing where he used to be human and there's this whole backstory that like informs Din's story. I don't think that their friendship is super organic. Like I just kind of, I don't know. They I do like in the beginning where they're more antagonistic, you know, and then they're kind of like trying to one up each other. And there's a lot of fun there uh, compared to Aladdin does something very different that works for that movie. Right. I think though where this movie I think loses me is I just don't love the animation. 
uh, I think the, I like the setting. I like the idea of modern day Aladdin. I, th- I think that there is fun stuff you can do there where like the dragon doesn't understand modern day society. It makes sense because he's been in a teapot for a thousand years and they have fun with that. There's a couple funny moments there, but wow. I think that the animation here, I mean, no, no disrespect because I'm sure they worked extremely hard on it. It just looks so smooth. Like, and I don't mean smooth in a good way. There's just no texture to this world. And it's, idea of physics is way too cartoonish see that's that's what i liked <laughs> really yeah no actually i really liked how playful and cartoonish this was it had kind of a zippy energy to uh. it uh i actually found that to be a little bit more appealing because we've seen so many movies anime movies now that feel like they're trying to strive for some like grounded realism uh not to the fullest extent but you, you do kind of see more films that because cg technology allows for something that, that can replicate reality a little bit easier I, it does make me long for the sort of like zippiness of like something from the 2d era and i i get that like i think this movie had a smaller production than your typical sony animated film so i feel like that uh it, it did hinder the film in that respect like it does seem like the animation here is a little bit cheaper than your average animated film in that respect but i i did really appreciate the style being as like kind of outlandishly cartoonish as possible as possible considering like there is like you know this like metaphysical dragon stuff that could play with that uh that was actually something that i did find kind of endearing and fun about the film yeah i i just i really wish that this had had the budget of something like over the moon um because i think that movie was a little bit more i it's just i don't mind cartoonish movies i don't mind if things are a little bit looney tunes it's just that combined with these environments looking so fake. I mean, it, it, to me, it like there are CG, like computer animated cartoons on television that look sharper and crisper and more vivid than this. And that to me is a big issue because like, I don't know. I, I also think that one thing that I do like that they added here is some of the fun Kung Fu moments. There's a lot of fun, like fighting. I think the way that the characters fight is really playful. And that stuff I think was like, if you're going to make things a bit of like unrealistic, that is where it really works because like those moments are super engaging and fun. And there's like a parade fight. And like, I don't know, those those set pieces are really, really engaging. I was thinking of Jackie Chan adventures while watching this. Well, uh, you know, a lot produces. of energy there. So I, I was about to say, yeah, I, yeah. I then I saw, you know, Jackie Chan helped produce this along with mm-hmm. um, one of the producers of Shrek. And I was like, wow, you well, know, like, yeah, <laughs> clearly he, he lended like coming out of the, coming out of like, I think the creative collaboration of this movie, I think that they, they had some really good ideas to make it engaging, to make Din's character really interesting, to give him a sense of agency. I just wish they had made him a little bit smarter or you know like i don't know i I just wish they they, we had a character here who made decisions and choices that are easy and relatable like easy to relate to like easy to understand but instead like i think that he just he just has this weird decision making issue in the movie that i i I really struggled with personally yeah i mean i did in the moment at times did kind of find myself thinking of jackie chan adventure because of um the family aspect like kind of like the like overbearing elders who like are constantly kind of like, uh, you know, butting in and like trying to like, you know, comment on everything. I think that's like kind of amusing yeah. concept that they don't really play up too much, unfortunately, because I found those those scenes to be a little bit more uh, fun and engaging than the central narrative. Uh, and likewise, like, as you mentioned, there's like the parade sequence that's kind of like silly and goofy. And there's also like um, some sort of like, you know, expected uh, fish out of water stuff with the dragon that at first I felt was going to be grating, but I actually found 
that sequence to be one of the more entertaining moments of the film because there's like the scene involving traffic that um there's a sight gag in that scene that uh involving like a side character that is like one of the few like genuine big laughs i got out of the film <laughs> uh <laughs> i don't know if you i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but there's like this guy who probably like, uh he like gets manipulated by the dragon and just his expressions throughout that scene are so funny to me <laughs> I also appreciated the guy who like turns his airbag into a pillow. Yeah, that was yeah, like that that stuff. I was like all all about that stuff. Like if if the movie was on that energy throughout, I kind of wish it was because I felt like that was where I was with the film. I was like, you know, maybe I do like this thing. Like, and then it would go back to central narrative, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, now we're back to this thing. But yeah, I mean, I think it shows signs of promise. I don't think it's like a terrible film or anything. I just think. I preferred personally when it was willing to be a little bit goofier and sillier because that's the stuff like from Aladdin that I do really like that is able to be like kind of large in life because it has like as core, you know, this large in life comedian who was just animated by design. They could play that up. And uh, I I wish the movie was following Aladdin's influence in that respect as opposed to the uh, the narrative, which I could kind of take or leave ultimately. Yeah, the narrative is not very strong. But I, I'm glad that they at least tried a few creative things with it. They, they they did a few things toward the end there that at least kept me engaged. They kept me from checking out completely. But it was difficult to to buy Din as a character in certain parts. Uh, at the same time, you know, I mentioned before, I really think that the central like relationship between the friends and like the whole opening montage. I mean, a lot of that stuff is I, it's just cute. It's really cute. I really like the relationship between Din and his mother. Uh, voiced by Constance Wu, she voices the she voices that role super well. Um, she's such a fun character, and that's I think this this whole movie is filled with fun characters. You mentioned like the side characters. There's a villain here uh, named Pockets, voiced by Aaron Yu, who I loved. Such a fun villain who had this whole thing where he only fights with his legs, and he's like Sanji from One Piece, basically very menacing, very dastardly. I liked him. I mean, not only that, I I also found amusing that like he didn't ever use his hands. Like when he points, he uses his legs and stuff. That was kind of a neat uh, creative design choice. I felt um, like stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, like when and that's also like again, like when the movie is willing it, it to be as like kind of goofy and over the top as possible. Those are moments that I found it to be like kind of fun and and endearing. It just when it tries to be like other animated films in the Latin fashion, I found it to be kind of tired and formulaic. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, too, that I know Jackie Chan voiced Long in the Chinese dub, the Mandarin dub of the film. I'm kind of surprised they didn't have him voice the American one. I, you know, I, yeah. I'm really glad they got John Cho. I think he does a great job, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, too, when I saw that. Yeah, I thought John Cho was fine. It sounded like he was doing like a Justin Thorox impression at times, which I found kind of weird. Um, I, really? I don't know. Oh, I, wasn't I, didn't, quite... I didn't think of Justin Thoreau. I thought of like... I don't know. I was kind of thinking of like Paul F. Tompkins a little bit. I don't know. It's just like this very stagey, like, uh-huh, you know, very over the top. It, it's definitely not the typical thing you would expect from John Cho, but I guess I, yeah. it, it worked for me. Yeah, because like when they uh, when the character came in, I was just like, oh, yeah, legendary impressionist John Cho <laughs> is here. But uh, <laughs> I do appreciate, like you said, like it's not him like doing a Robin Williams impression. He's doing a different sort of character. Nothing like yeah terribly original but at the same time it's not like he's just doing the genie again it, it didn't have the same issue as like with will smith in the live action lad movie where he had to like kind of like split the difference uh he is allowed to make a character a little bit more true to his own acting style and i think it was fine like i, I didn't love it but uh it worked better than i thought from the onset but yeah i don't know 
I'm, I'm still kind of so-so on the film overall. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty high B minus. I think that it's mostly solid. It's just got some errors, some weird, weird creative choices that I don't think work all that well. But I think, yeah, as a kid's movie, it's, it's got so much, it's got so many like little moments of charm. It's, it's an, I think a satisfying little crowd pleaser of a Netflix movie. The fact that you can just pop it on Netflix. I think kids like it. And I, I enjoy the setting. I enjoy just sort of like the probably the quick energy of the story like it doesn't dwell too long on anything it kind of just moves at a pretty quick clip so i'm i'm a very very tepid but ultimately enthusiastic fan of the movie so b minus for me what about you uh i'm a little lower but not terribly so i'd give it like a semi-high c plus just because i think it's almost there like i said the stuff that works i do find amusing and charming uh i do agree with you that maybe if i saw this in theaters the like cheapness of the animation the sort of plasticness of it might have uh deterred me a little bit there is at times i was kind of thinking like is this an illumination movie and i had to remind myself that was sony because it did have kind of like an illumination vibe at times that was a little distracting but um overall i mean when it was bombastic and silly i i was with it when it was trying to be uh a kind of more traditional family film narrative i guess i just wasn't connected with it in the same way not to say that the the moments like that are bad it just didn't i just felt like we've seen that enough to where the movie didn't really allow itself to uh push too far beyond that to really justify doing the story over again but it's fine for what it is, especially as a Netflix film. I, I don't think it's going to be terribly offensive by any measures, but uh, still ultimately left me with a bit of a shrug by the end. Yeah, and in, in terms of animated films, I mean, the fact that I like this as much as I did seeing it right after watching Luca. And, you know, I can't get into detail of what I thought of Luca, the new Pixar movie, but I have seen reviews of Luca that essentially are like, oh, it's kind of average. I'm like, no, it is average is this movie. <laughs> this is average. Like, I think some people are kind of like, you know, they have like these goggles on or something where they, they seem to think that like, you know, a certain type of Pixar movie is the only one that's sure. like a high quality, which I mean, come on. <laughs> like we, I guess, cause we see so many of these animated movies. It's just, you know, there's no comparison. I yeah. mean, like in terms of like the qual, like how much effort, how much like constant rewriting and editing goes into the story of a Pixar movie versus to me, I think sometimes these movies, like they just don't get that same amount of care and attention, which in the story department, which is regrettable because the, this has the potential to, I think to be uh, really, really, really good. Uh, I mean, it does have the limitation of being so slavish to Aladdin and I think they knew, they know that and they kind of have to lean into it. But otherwise, I mean, it's uh, perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I would definitely watch Wish Dragon before I rewatched um, the most recent live-action Aladdin movie. So, Yeah, same I mean, here. Yeah, so that's a little feather in its cap, I guess. All right, well, that is Wish Dragon. It's available to watch right now on Netflix. It is only 98 minutes long. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.